Welcome to the Cardiology Podcast, where we monitor the heartbeat of Browns fans. I'm your host, Mark Judy, and in today's episode, we are going to try to come to terms with the New York Jets loss. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened, who's to blame, and how do we move forward from that debacle. We're also going to spend some time breaking down the news and the highlights of the second week of the NFL season. And then we're going to look into what happens here Thursday night, the big game against Pittsburgh at First Energy Stadium. But to get us started off, I do want to welcome back my good friend, Chris Burdett, who is joining me remotely. Chris, how are you out there? You know, Mark, I'm recovering. You know, it's, it's rough. Great to be on the show again. Thank you very much. Been a lot of finger pointing about the Browns. Just want to let, confirm one thing I checked out. It was indeed not Brownie the Elf's fault that we lost that game. But I think it was that's hard. to be determined. Well, we'll see. But I, <laughs> he, he's about to be. He, he's got good representation. It'll be fine. You know, I think I, for me, I'm ready to move on to Pittsburgh. Uh, the issue Sunday was our team moved on to Pittsburgh about two minutes early. And it, what an epic meltdown. And I'm so glad it's over. I'm so glad it's a short week. And what a chance for redemption this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to recap... For anyone who's been living under a rock and doesn't know, what we're referring to is the epic 31-30 to loss to the New York Jets last Sunday. We're up 24-17 with a minute and 56 left to play. And then Nick Chubb runs it in for a touchdown. We are at 30-17 to with 155 to play. And then what happens? We get a missed extra point followed by a wide open 65-yard TD given up. Then we lose an onside kick, which I don't know how that happens in, in the new NFL rules. When you can't start running until the ball gets kicked, makes no sense. Then we give up another TD that's surrendered. They run right down the field, pass down the field is a better way to put it, and they score that touchdown with 22 seconds left on the clock. The Browns come back in. Jacoby Brissett tries to get us ahead, has a nice run, keeps us in the game, and unfortunately tries to force a pass at the end, which gives us an interception with five seconds left on the clock. And we have to walk away with the most bitter taste in our mouths. And I think you touched on it, Chris, that honestly – just listening to whether it's Brown's Twitter, whether you were listening to talk shows, the radio show, sports shows, it's just been a lot of finger pointing. Yep. A lot of people really, really upset. A lot of people embarrassed by this loss. And you know, one of one of the key things that needs to start working out is is how do we move forward? Yeah, I mean, it, statistically, it was crazy. With two minutes left, with that score, we had over a ninety nine percentile of winning the game. Onside kicks are successful in the neighborhood of about 10% of the time. Everything that possibly could go wrong did go wrong. We did everything wrong. It's like they said, hey, we can't lose this game. And Joe Wood said, really? Hold my beer. It was like they were falling into a chasm, reaching for a rope that didn't have a knot on the bottom of it. Yeah. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And I don't blame Brissett for the interception at the end because he had already won the game. It was thrown away. Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the things. So, so, you know, touching on that, some of this finger pointing, the things that are just driving me nuts. So one, this completely idiotic conversation about whether or not Nick Chubb oh. should have kneeled going into the end zone. So the argument is that if Nick Chubb takes a knee 
after getting that first down, which by the way, he would have had to decide to take that knee between about the one and a half yard line and the end zone, because that's where he got the first down at. So yeah, we're saying if he takes a knee there, that we are able with new, the Jets not having any timeouts to it at the very least, take that clock all the way down towards the end, potentially kick a field goal and be up. But the problem there is the man isn't paid to take a knee. It, well, also too, it's not his call. It's the coach's call whether he takes a knee or not. Right, and, right. And in the, in the Monday uh, press conference with uh, Coach Stefanski, he was asked directly about that. And he said, listen, that's on me. He said, if I wanted him to take a knee, I would have. In retrospect, should I have? Probably. But that's hindsight being 20-20. By the same token, you don't expect to lose a game when you're going up a second touchdown with less than two minutes left. I mean, this is a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking here. Well, you know what? That move to kneel right there instead of taking it in is saying, I don't trust my special teams right. and I don't trust my defense to hold a 14-point lead. Now, it ended up only being a 13-point lead because that special team started to fall apart. Cade right. York missed uh, an extra point. And everybody put Cade York on this big pedestal like he was the next coming. The reality is kickers miss extra points. Yep. Still, him missing that extra point is still not the reason we lose. I, and I, I ask you a question. Sure. Okay. Because you and I both have a long history of the Browns and heartbreak. Okay. When he missed that extra point, in the back of my mind, I instantly thought, oh, gosh, don't let this cost us later. Yeah. Did it, did I, I got, I'll be honest. I, at, at that point in the game, I, I thought of it as a hiccup. I was like, oh, there you go. Rookie missed one. Right. All right, let's get going. And I just think, again, we take a knee there. We're saying we don't trust those sides of our team in the second game of the year. Right now, did those two sides of our team prove that they're untrustworthy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now proven it. And if Nick Chubb and Kevin Stefanski are in the same situation and they don't take a knee, they don't stay in bounds, they don't make that work, well, then they're complete morons. But I right. don't think that's really what happened here. I think yeah. what really happened here is you turned it over to what was supposed to be a strength of our team. And then beyond that, what is supposedly being publicized is a secondary strength of our team, the special teams. Mm -hmm. And so both areas had a collective brain cramp and it's just mind boggling. All this finger pointing and all this information, it just makes no sense to me. You know, as you're thinking about and you're looking back on this game, obviously there's a ton that we could talk about and a, and a lot of venting we could do. But what do, you, what do you see as kind of your first key takeaway from that? Well, let's start with a positive, because I think we could use some. Uh, I'm very encouraged by the offense, very encouraged. Uh, you see progression from week one to week two. It, it's clear that Brissett is getting a lot more comfortable in the pocket. He even ran for some first downs. He's starting to hit more targets. We saw our big name wide receiver Cooper finally get, get some balls. We saw Njoku get some balls. So it's very positive. The running game is getting stronger and stronger. So... I'm getting a lot more confident in our offense, that's for certain. Uh, we can score. What we have to do is obviously finish out games, but I I'm encouraged by it. This week should be interesting. So the rest of the season should be interesting. To your point, for, for an offense that was kind of under the microscope, people weren't sure what it was going to look like, right. you're averaging 28 points a game. That's not bad at all, especially for a team 
that is positioning itself as a ball control running team. So I would agree with you. Saw a lot of growth there. Uh, a lot of things happening. Um, I'm going to piggyback on the idea of being a little bit positive to start with here. So why my first takeaway from this is the running game. We're coming out of this game as the number two running attack in the NFL. Nick Chubb is the number two running back per yards. He's uh, just behind Saquon Barkley. And we saw Chubb basically take over that game. Oh, yeah. We saw Hunt come in and spell and give us a lot of energy. And a lot of people complain he didn't run out of bounds, but that's a whole nother problem too. But, <laughs> but Chubb, you know, we want to blame Chubb for not taking a knee. We don't have two other touchdowns without Nick Chubb. Exactly so right. the reality is the man carried us through this game, once again, showing us a lot. And I think continues to give us the kind of optimism about the offensive attack and about the ability to let Jacoby Brissett continue to get better, to continue to improve. I mean, Brissett's a veteran. We're not talking about trying to create the next superstar out of him, but right. more comfort, understanding where players are going to be, understanding what's happening on the field, I think is big. So yeah, I, I took that as a good takeaway too. I, I totally agree. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, considering the fact how few snaps he took in preseason, Yep. Um, that we're, we're at game two, and we should obviously be 2-0 and right now. But but you can see him getting more and more comfortable. And, you know, it, it's very encouraging. So I totally agree. Yeah, and we saw some pieces in that offense and in that, in that playbook come to fruition because of how good the running game is. Yep. We saw what we can expect out of Amari Cooper on a week-to-week -week basis. Sure, we'd like to see some touchdowns too, but we saw one. Yep. And we saw a lot of clutch catches when we really needed them where he was open. Um, we saw David Njoku come back out and start to play a little bit. And we start to see the ball get into his hands. So I think there was a lot to build off. But I just go back. I think the keystone is this running game and the continuation of focusing on it and making people stop you. What, and, what else did you see in this game, Chris? In terms of my second thought, and I... I'm shocked I'm saying this, but right now I feel like our defense is our weakness. I feel like it's soft. We should have, you know, on paper, uh, we thought we were going to have the strongest corners out there and they just completely imploded at the end of the last game, giving up those huge yards. The other thing we saw in this game too is, you know, Clowney went down partway through the game. And when he did, they were able to double team Garrett. And we're going to see more of that depending on what that situation is in terms of injury and all that and injuries and you can spend all day talking about injuries. They come and go, and everybody gets hurt. It's a not a question of if, but when during the season. But, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. And I'm also concerned about the scheme in terms of, you know, when to be aggressive, when not to be, when to blitz, when not to, when to play prevent, when not to. You know, I have incredibly low confidence right now in, in and I'm, I'm not sure whether it's fair to say the schematics that Joe Woods is pulling up or the execution. Um, you know, Delphit, blew it big time. Ward said there was a communication problem and there shouldn't be a communication problem. There's two minutes left and you need to be downfield to make sure somebody can't run 66 yards for a touchdown an easy one. You know, that shouldn't be an advanced thing. So it's a lack of confidence. Do I think they'll come back strong? Sure hope so. And uh, I mean, Thursday's big. Yeah, and I would tell you, you know, we say things like the defenses looked really good 
except for these couple big plays. But you know what? As games keep going by, if you are a defense that's known for giving up big plays in crucial moments, you're not a good defense. You're not. And so the idea, uh, for me, like you said, obviously Delpit and Ward did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Whether, whether it's just the baseline that they didn't communicate with each other, which is, sounds like maybe that's what it is. But when you were interviewed after the game and you can't speak to who did what wrong or whether or not you did something, I mean, both right. these guys think they played the right coverage. Okay, well, one of you is wrong and one of you is very wrong. And right. so the fact that you don't know that right off the get-go is where we're, we are here. And yeah, That's we, can't, we can't give up these big plays. We can't do it. And, and if we're going to keep doing this, then some people are going to get fired for sure. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fact that they don't know where they're supposed to be, or I'm sorry, it does fall on the coach to a degree. It's different if they're getting outplayed, outmanned. It's a better player. That's not what happened. It was schematically a problem, either A, because they, the plan was bad, or B, because they weren't where they were supposed to be. Right. And, and you know what? That teased me up for what is my second big takeaway is coaching. So all of these different conversations that we're having, we alluded to it when we talked about Nick Chubb. It's not Nick Chubb's decision to take a knee. Now, every once in a while, running backs have a phenomenal situational awareness and they take it upon themselves to do it. Nick has done it in the past, but those are aberrations. You pay yep. these guys to score touchdowns. So his job is to score a touchdown unless the coach tells him, don't do it. And like you right. said, even Kevin Stavansky said, you know what? Hindsight, I probably should have told him to take a knee. But, but again, I didn't think this was going to happen. Now, for me, that comes down to Stefanski needs to understand the weaknesses of his team better. Because if he had the idea of what was happening with the communication on his defense, he might have thought twice about the idea of burning some more clock off. Now, Joe Woods, I don't get it. I don't. We started last year the same kind of way. Last year, a defense that wasn't communicating, didn't understand what was going on. And all we heard out of Berea was, okay, well, Joe is going to simplify everything. He sim quote unquote simplifies everything and the defense takes off. So here we go into the beginning of this season right. and people don't know what they're doing. I, I'm sorry, freaking simplify it again. I don't, right. I don't care. This shouldn't be complicated. I hate the term prevent defense. Hate it with a passion. We've been burned by the prevent defense decades of different games. But how in the heck do you go into that situation, especially after you're completely shocked by a 65-yard wide-open TD, like wide open? After that happens, how do you not? How do you not go into a prevent defense and get those guys in the field of play not running out of bounds. And instead, we let Joe Flacco, of all people, nickel and dime us all the way down the field so that he could hit Garrett Wilson in the end zone right there with 22 seconds left. It's just not intelligent football, and it's not intelligent coaching. And so I wish all these players who'd come out throughout the week and are trying to figure out what's going on, and they're, they're saying, not me or this or us or whatever, I would just love for them all to say, hey, you know what? That blew. Right. And yeah. now we and now we got to move on. And who should be talking about it is 
the Stefanskis. Joe Woods isn't going to have to stand in front of a mic all week because it's a short week. So the <laughs> typical the typical coordinator press conferences aren't going to happen this week. So he doesn't have to talk about it. He dodged the bullet. But the reality is all these players are having to say, my fault, not my fault. Take it on me. Don't take it on me. And it really, to me, this is a coaching thing. I am a big believer in Kevin Stavansky. I, I think he's a good coach. And I think that he won us the coach of the year, showed mm-hmm. us what he had, but he has also shown some flaws that need to get fixed. And if you're a young coach, you need to realize what your flaws are and you need to get them in control. You know, I'm still not convinced he should be calling plays, or at the very least, he needs somebody in his ear, like a second in command going, hey, coach, I know you're in the moment here, but do you realize if he takes a knee on this play instead of running it in, we can burn the clock out and win this, no doubt, and seal the game? Because I don't think that's happening. Well, Um, my question, though, is, why wouldn't that be happening? Because even though he's the one calling the plays, we still have Alex Van Pelt. So what the hell does Alex Van Pelt do during the game? Good question. So, so the reality is, you know, yeah, you can say, you know, Stefanski shouldn't be calling the plays, but Stefanski calling the plays is also getting you the offense that, that you feel like you want right now. So the question becomes, who is mi- minding the rest of that information while he's doing that? I agree. I totally agree because I'm not saying he shouldn't call the plays, but what I am saying is if he's going to call the plays and be entrenched in that, he needs somebody that's not looking at the creative play calling to go, hey, coach, in case you missed it, this is the way to go right now. So, yeah, I do think, I think coaching is is going to be one of those big things that we have to keep watching. And then, you know, kind of to put a bow on this game and and so that we can move on and and look to the future here is, I think that we all need to just take a deep breath and realize that part of all these conversations is embarrassment. Oh God. And, and being a little bit humiliated by what happened. I think we're all very, very bitter about it. I know I am. I saw a team that was about to be two and O and an authoritative two and O. Oh yeah. Completely, completely take a dive. So I'm mad about that, but, but at the same token, we are one and one. That is not the end of the world to start a season. We've started seasons much worse. We have some pieces to build on and we have some time to get it done. So, so the question is going to be just how we move forward from here. I couldn't agree more. And, and I think a big part of it is, is maybe if you had to have this type of thing happen, maybe now is the perfect time. This Thursday will tell the tale. Sure. I, believe. Right. I mean, the team that comes out, I mean, they have pride on the line. You know, right. they just got embarrassed. And yeah. they're lucky it's a short week. Yes. Because if they come out and crush Pittsburgh, we won't talk about the Jets game again. Right. And I think, you know, they, you hear people talk about that players need to learn how to win. They need to know how to win. I think, honestly, what we saw is it's not just the players who need to learn how to win. We've got some coaches who need to learn how to win totally agree. and how to close yeah. out games. All right. So let's... Let's let that one simmer a little bit. We'll take it, take it a little bit off the heat and start talking about some other things. Let's talk about some of the other top NFL headlines that happened. Um, so one is, is the silver lining of yes. everything that happened, which is the fact that there is a three-way tie for first place in the AFC North. Shockingly. We, yeah. We've got Baltimore, we've got Pittsburgh, and we've got Cleveland. 
tied. And of all teams, Cincinnati coming in at 0 and 2. Um, because every team lost this past week. Um, first, there's the Baltimore game, which we all feel embarrassed about our game, and rightfully so. Right. But Baltimore's not feeling a whole lot better out of themselves. <laughs> they, wasted, they wasted an amazing effort by uh, Lamar Jackson in that game. They were outscored 28-3 to in the fourth quarter to lose to Miami 42-38. to Cincinnati loses to Dallas 20 to 17. They lose on a 50-yard field goal as time expires. But one of the big stat lines coming out of that game is Burrow took six sacks, which makes 13 sacks in the first two games. Did you know all of last year, Burrow got sacked 51 times? Which is a ton. Which is atrocious. So... Cincinnati spent their time and energy and money to revamp the line to protect him. He's on track to get sacked 111 times this year. I don't want to take Cincinnati for granted because there's a reason they got themselves all the way to the Super Bowl. But you cannot let your franchise quarterback continue to get beat up. Especially, especially when you're playing a team that was playing their backup quarterback. Yeah, it was his foul. second. It was his second start. Like you, <laughs> you allowed that to happen. You just can't do that. Uh, we also had then, of course, the other game, which was Pittsburgh losing to New England. Now I think this game, seventeen to fourteen. Um, you know, and I don't know that these are two teams that are necessarily um, high on their offensive potential anyways but i think what is probably the big story coming out of that is that um how pittsburgh's going to continue to look without tj watt on their defense yeah um, and then also to um the gelling or or what is the true pittsburgh offense going to look like for the 2022 season it's a question mark i I don't know. Of course, right now it's early. Obviously, we've got 17 games or two games in. Time will tell. Uh, but Pittsburgh, the quarterback is a big question. Um, their defense is questionable right now. I have no idea what to expect this week. We'll talk about that in a bit, I know. Um, they were playing the Patriots, and, you know, Belichick can win a game with a group of high school kids, I think. Yeah. So time will tell. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I think um... – I expect it to continue to be a tough year for Pittsburgh. Um, that said, um, I think they're trying to find an identity. Um, and we'll, like you yeah. said, we'll talk about it here when we talk about the game um, coming up here on Thursday. Um, you know, short turnaround. It's a short turnaround for us too, we should mention. I mean, we're actually recording here um, on Tuesday night yeah, um, so that we can make sure that we have an episode out before Thursday. Um, but it's a short week for them too. Um, so what is, what is that identity going to look like? Will be a big piece. Um, also in the NFL, uh, Buffalo continues to just look like, aren't they awesome beaters? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, and, uh, so they went ahead and hung 41 points on Tennessee. Buffalo just looks super sharp. They do. I mean, Diggs is so good. And Allen's so good. I mean, it's, in fact, I mean, if you had told me the second game in the season, uh, they're going to be resting their best players in the fourth quarter, be like, what? 
Yeah. And they were. I mean, you know, Diggs didn't finish the game. Um, it, 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 they look they look really good. They look really hard to beat. They look um, super solid. They do. Now, the other one that might that that might hit pretty close to the hearts of some Browns fans is the news out of San Francisco. Trey Lance yes. going down with a season-ending ankle injury. Um, basically had to have two different surgeries on his ankle, one for the broken bone, one for some ligament issues. Um, so he's done for the season. And lo and behold, it is the return of the poster boy savior, Jimmy G. Jimmy G coming off the bench. He throws for a touchdown. He also runs in a touchdown. The team congratulating him, all excited. And San Francisco who set up a quarterback situation that seemed like there was no way that it could truly work out, basically did exactly what they needed to do to keep their season going. And they, they can, they can keep going without a hiccup. It's, it's crazy and it's crazy and impressive at the same time. Yeah. And for Jimmy G, I know he's doing it for less money, but you know, what a great opportunity for him to showcase and say, Hey, look what I can do. And next year he'll get a big paycheck from somebody. You know that. So that rounds out the week. And so we come out of the week. We've got six teams that are undefeated at this point, three in each conference. So we've got Buffalo, Miami, and Kansas City. And then we've got Philadelphia, the New York Giants, and Tampa Bay. And I would say out of all that group, uh, Buffalo has looked, like we said, like world beaters. Kansas City's not that far behind. They look very sharp. Um, Miami is 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 going to be a great story for a while. It's going to be interesting to see. You've got, you've got the wonderkind of Mike McDaniels down there, and how is he going to continue this this train going? And right, well, and you've got Waddle the the wide receivers is coming on gangbusters. Like, oh, what, yeah, where did he come from? You know, oh, I know where he came from. When, t- when two people have to cover Tyreek Hill, who is a monster in his own right, yeah. Yeah. Then, then somebody who has the level of skills that Jalen Waddell has, he's going to get make plays. And, and he also, I mean, not for nothing, he made some contested catches, in, including one of, it, one of the touchdowns that he had there at the end of the game. Um, he looks like he's got the skills. But, but when you have someone who can rip the top off a real of number defense, one. Uh, that's that's just money. So um, Philadelphia, um, yeah, I think Philadelphia is a lot like a Baltimore in the fact that it's all about Jalen Hurts and how Jalen Hurts goes. He looked great on Monday Night Football. He took that game over. I feel like Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is succeeding beyond all the injuries that are happening for them. And I don't know how long that can be sustained. Um, I give them a ton of credit for figuring it out yeah. to this point, but I think you're you're dramatically dipping in to practice squads and thin thin resources. So hopefully um, they don't go too far down that far. Uh, well, Ted, the team not to sleep on is the Giants because nobody ever pays any attention to them, and quietly they're playing really good football. They are, they are, and and they're gonna they're gonna ride um, the health of Saquon Barkley if if yep. he follows the path of a rejuvenated second year from surgery and pulls that out, then we're gonna be talking about him all through the season 
just like we talk about Nick Chubb. So those are some of the top NFL headlines that we've seen. When we come back from our break, we're actually going to spend some time. We got to jump into this upcoming game. Like we said, this is a short week. We've got Pittsburgh coming into town. So we need to talk through what are going to be the keys to that game. How do the Browns turn this around and bounce back from what was just a horrible loss against the Jets? But mm. we're going to cover that a little bit. We're going to also talk about um, our picks. We'll get. We'll welcome our friend Gary Marr from On the Road to come in and give us some of his picks. And then we will close out. We'll talk a little bit about what we want to see in this Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. So we will see you in just a minute. And now we'll get a word about our sponsor. Hey, I know those guys. <laughs> you do. Hey, everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast, and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CBs has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that'll spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cardiology Podcast. Well, we've spent some time. We've talked about last week's game. Now it's time to turn our focus, and we got to turn our focus quickly. It's time to put all the bad vibes away and move on to the next. And the next is a big Thursday night matchup versus our rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're coming to town into first energy for a big nationally televised game. Um, 
each team comes in at one and one, Chris, and I and I think they're both looking to play exactly the same kind of game. I, I think you're right. I mean, it, this thing could be ugly. We're not quite sure. I think it's going to be a lot of running. Uh, uh, they have not shown a lot of offense. They've only had one touchdown this year. Um, my concern on our end is our defense, uh, based upon what happened last time. I'm hoping it's a point for redemption. The concern, though, is as we said here on Tuesday, Clowney is absolutely out for the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was reported today that Garrett did not play. Miles Garrett did not practice today. So there's a chance we won't have him either. Now, on the upside, they don't have TJ Watt, thank goodness, because he's their Miles Garrett, so to speak. Right, right. So this, this could be, you know, it's so weird because this could end up being a blowout because both defenses are decimated. Or it could be an incredibly low-scoring game. How do you figure out what's going to happen in week three, right? Yeah, no, I think I think it's a very challenging game to look at because of of just these big unknowns, right? So, as much as uh, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh, you know, there's a lot of rumblings of of whether or not they should stay with Mitch Trubisky, whether right. it's time to move on to Kenny Pickett. Um, I personally am a big believer that they're doing the right thing. I think that um, you drafted Kenny Pickett, but Kenny Pickett was not the home run quarterback candidate coming out of college that you like to take with your very first pick in the first round. He was someone who was going to need a little help to get used to it and get into it. And I think it's always easier to start with the veteran. And if the veteran struggles to then bring in the rookie, than it is to backtrack from a rookie that you put out there with all those expectations, everything. So I, so I do think that they're still trying to find it um, from the quarterback position with Mitch Trubisky, but on an average basis, we have about the same passing attack between right. us and them. Now I do feel good, uh, maybe a little bit better about ours. Cause I could actually look at Pittsburgh's and say, it's an actual average that they're doing the same thing every week. And it's not necessarily good enough. Um, with us, I think we had a rough go coming out of the blocks. Um, I feel very good about some of the things that I saw, um, in the jets game, even with the, the loss that I feel like the passing game can continue to keep growing. Um, so I see that. And I think then you, you look at the running games, of the offenses, I don't think there's any question right now that Cleveland's running the ball better. That said, there's talent. There is talent on that Pittsburgh in that Pittsburgh running back backfield. Um, I think Najee Harris has a ton of talent, and I think that given given the right leap, given the right blocking, given everything, he he can take over a game too. So I think the challenge is going to be to make sure that this doesn't become another one of those divisional rival comes into Cleveland and rattles off 200 yards rushing. Yeah, uh, if that doesn't happen, I think. I think we've, we're, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I do too. You know, and I completely agree with you in terms of what they're doing with Pickett. I mean, it's not like he came from Alabama or Ohio State. He came from Pitt, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And now, that being said, the Pittsburgh Steelers are also notorious for finding guys out there from schools like that that end up being awesome. So I, I completely tip my hat to their staff because they do a great sure. job scouting. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's gonna. I mean, do I think we have a much better running game than they do? Yes, I absolutely do. With you know, with Hunt and Chubb, um, but their defense is no slouch. So it's going to – and if we're one-dimensional and it's only run, that won't work. I mean, exactly. it's going to take managing the game well. and But I do think we need to, to pound the ball for sure. You sure. Know? Sure. I think that – I think you make a great point with the defenses. I think that, you know, when you look at the Pittsburgh defense, um, I mean, the number one thing is that they're missing T.J. Watt. Uh, T.J. Watt being injured and out for the season is every bit as devastating to them as Miles Garrett being out for us. For right. a season, if yep. if we lost him for for the season, we would be um, in a world of hurt as well. So that's a big deal for them. Um, you know, they're they're high on that backup. Um, he had uh, three sacks, I believe, in the first game, um, but then he was silent the second game. Um, I think that boils down to like you've talked about with us when there's no there's no need you to team a guy. You, you then you can man up on people and you can shut that stuff down. Um, you, they've got Cam Hayward still um, who, yes, he's getting older, but he still is a solid force on their defensive line. Right. Um, and then they've got Minka Fitzpatrick, who is just an absolute beast um, in the secondary roaming around. He's just, he's just another in a long line of just absolutely stellar Pittsburgh safeties who can do it all. Um, he, he was big in the last game, uh, uh, pick six, um, making sure to keep them going and, and keep them involved. Um, so he's, he's a big piece. So how we attack them, how we stay away from them, um, how we keep the ball moving. Um, I still, you know, I am a believer in the running game for the Browns, and I am a believer in you keep doing something until somebody stops you. Totally um, and there is a chance – there's a chance that they could run all over Pittsburgh and they could, they could take the same type of blocking and the same type of schemes and really do well. I just think they have to be prepared with the plan B. Oh, for sure. I mean, they absolutely have to be ready. They can take nothing for granted. They have to go in with this, the idea of just pounding them for, for the full 60 minutes. They, they have got to do it from beginning to end. They have got to crush them. And, 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 and no mercy, no taking your foot off the pedal. They have to go in and finish the game. This is a game you go in and you want to win 48 to nothing. That has to be your mindset. Even if you're up by 28 to nothing, your mindset has to be, we're down by 14. This next play is desperate. You know, we so desperately need, they need that redemption. And they would have needed that anyway, but especially based on what happened last week. Right. 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 Well, and, and it's, it's just going to be, I think you got to look at this as the classics. Whenever you're going against anybody in the AFC North, you always have to be aware of the defenses that are lining up against you because these are teams that they don't, you know, like the, the, the old adage, they don't rebuild, they reload. Right. Now, now I think Pittsburgh is in a little bit tougher situation right now. I think that there's a lot of unknowns in a lot of positions and they're trying to figure it out and trying to go. But even, even with that, they are, they have a plus four turnover margin to start this year. So they're getting after it. Right. And, and you know, 
we all know turnovers can completely change the perspective of a game, can completely swing uh, a game from being something that's easily to, easily won to easily getting blown out. So right. I think I, I like where we are with Brissett. I like how he control, like he protects the ball. I think mm-hmm. you know, he, like you said, I don't think you can really count the 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 interception at the end of the no. game. Um, he was trying to force something to happen in an impossible situation. So um, I'm not really overly concerned with that. Um, but I, but how we come out, how we attack them, how we blow them off the line is really going to be big. Um, and and I think you know you you made mention of earlier of the potential injuries that we have, whether or not we have Miles Garrett. Hey, if if for some reason Miles Garrett's out of this game, then all of this secondary miscommunication and all of these issues back there better be tied up because you're going to do your best with Isaac Rochelle, Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Um, you're going to, uh, Alex Wright, you're going to do your best with these guys to get some pressure, but they're not the same. And so you're going to have a secondary that's on islands. And even though Mitch Trubisky hasn't shown a ton, he's still got Deontay Johnson on that other side. He's got the rookie George Pickens, who looks like he might have some skill sets that we're not going to love for many years. Um, so, and he's got the tight end, um, Fryermuth, who continues to be a solid option. So I think that our secondary, on top of just being embarrassed of the loss that they had, need to understand the challenge that they might be facing here going into this game. As I look at this and I and I think about this game and I and I just think about it going, it's it's again going to go back to the coaching that I brought up in the last game. What did you learn? Like right. did you did you actually get the point of getting basically punched in the nose? Um and you know you couldn't you didn't have any time to take it get it back off of the jets so now how about we go in and we take take out our frustrations on pittsburgh how about we go in and really try to make a statement about us and about who we are so that just like you said we come out of this game and nobody cares nobody cares right. what what it's happened in the jets we we see it as a hiccup we see it as an aberration and then we realize that we might actually have a strong team um, heading into the rest of the season. I really feel like this game is lining up. And, and I hate to say this early on. I, it feels like a must-win game. And, yeah. and, and I think more mentally than anything else, because statistically, let's be honest, it's not. It's not a must-win <laughs> game. It's the first division <laughs> game of the year. Um, right. You've only put two games down so far. Whether you are two and one and one and two is not really a ginormous difference in how the rest of the year plays out. No. But this is a divisional game with a division that's already looking like it's going to be just a slugfest. Whether, you know, whether it's because all the teams in one week all shoot themselves in the foot at the same time or beat each other up. Um, And so I think you really want to be able to come out of your first AFC North matchup being able to say we are 1-0 and in the division 
as you try to continue to figure out the rest of the pieces going forward. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, we had the right formula last week. We just fell short by taking our foot off the gas at the end. hundred percent. If, if, if we can come out and run the ball, get Brissett going early, and it's going to be, again, not huge plays, but, you know, good or tight ends, good or our wide receivers, you know, but not go deep just to get him going, to get that confidence, that flow going, we're going to be fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think it just, it, it feels like more pressure than it should be. And I think part of it is just, gosh, that was humiliating. Um, and, and I just think that we all felt it just, that's one of the things, I mean, when people talk about fan bases and, um, you know, some people who are completely delusional, don't understand how great the Browns fan base is. They just don't know. And I think, I think one of the things that makes the Browns fan base so great is that we are completely tied in to the team. We all have incredibly crappy days on Mondays after losses. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We we all have amazingly good Mondays after wins. Um, You can have a sports weekend like we had if the Browns don't win. It's over. It it's still a bad a, Monday. On Monday, I would not turn on ESPN. I yeah. didn't want to see it. I didn't want to hear it. But I think the 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 truth of the matter is this this seems the up this upcoming game, I think offense trying to keep keep this moving, keep this going, keep the rushing offense going, and defense. You know, let's let's pull up the, our collective heads out of our butts and let's let's play the way we know we should. And yep. if we do, then we will be happy people on Friday. Yes. Um, now, before we go in and we start to get, I, I'm going to want to get your your final prediction for the game and as we tie out this episode. But before we get into that, we need to go remote. Um, we have Gary Marr once again calling in. We're going to go out to Gary, and we are going to do our picks of the week. Gary, how are you doing this fine week? Doing well, Mark. Doing well. Ready to get back at it and make some more picks for this week, see if we can do a little better than last week. Huh. Better? I'd, I'd like to get one right. <laughs> I, I completely went over last week. All of those shocking games all came back to bite me. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough week all around. I didn't do great either. Did did a little better than zero, but uh, not going to be proud of my score either. So yeah, but we, we all going to do a little better this week. So let's uh, let's get at it. See if we see what we can do here. Awesome. What do we got first? We're going to start with uh, Baltimore versus New England. Baltimore is uh, minus three versus New England, so they're they're a slight favored in this one. Um, I think the the keys for New England, you know, can they score? Uh, and can they stop Lamar? And the, the keys for Baltimore is, you know, can they recover from their defensive meltdown? And, you know, how's Lamar going to do against Belichick? Because Belichick's been pretty good at, at bringing them down to earth. Uh, you know, all that thing, all that considered, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I still think they can uh, win by more than three points. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident there Lamar is going to be able to figure it out. I'm going to agree with you. I think that that's an, that's an interesting spin of the of the actual spread on that one. I think we're overreacting a little bit to the craziness of the Miami comeback there. So I actually feel pretty comfortable. I, I'm betting on Lamar to to beat that spread. Yep, and I think the coin flip uh, actually went against us. Coin's gone with New England. 
So we'll see who wins on that one. All right. What's up for number two? Up for number two, we've got Cincinnati versus Jets. Cincinnati is minus four and a half points in this one. Uh, could, could be an interesting game. Cincinnati, and there's a lot of questions around their team right now, mostly uh, mostly on offense. You know, the offensive line, can they gel? They, they made a lot of changes there. They're not working at the moment. Uh, and their defense, can they recover from their meltdown that they had last week? You know, continue to, to stop the Jets, who were pretty effective against us. And that's the, with the Jets, you know, the question there is, can their offense stay on track? Uh, they were uh, pretty effective last week with Wilson and Flacco. And their defense, can they do a little bit better than they did against Cleveland? Because they gave us a lot of points. So uh, when I look at those two teams, I think I'm going to go with the Jets in this one. I just think Cincinnati does not have it figured out yet. And until they show me they've uh, they've you know got that offensive line gelling, I just think that four and a half points is too much. So I'm going to go with the Jets and the points. Okay, well I agree with all your points. I do think that there's a lot uh, hanging out there and a lot of unknowns. Um, but I'm going to look at it from the perspective of that. Aside from a complete landslide of crazy circumstances, the Browns were up by 13 on top of the Jets. And I think that Cincinnati, while that offensive line is a huge, huge question mark, um, I have a little bit more faith in Cincinnati in this one. I, I, I view them a lot like I viewed Cleveland last week. And if not for those that craziness, would have pulled that one off. So I'm actually going to take Cincinnati in this one. All right. And uh, Coin agrees with you. Coin went with Cincinnati as well. Okay, so that brings us to number three. Number three, that's the Sunday night game. It's pretty much a toss-up. It's San Francisco minus one versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, Really, not a lot here. I mean, it's a tough game to pick. San Fran, you got to look. They got Jimmy G back. Is he going to be able to bring back that quick passing game and and some spark to the offense? And is Rodi going to keep up doing well? Because they've been doing great there. Denver, they've got, you know, had some issues with the new coach and with their quarterback. So with all that considered, I'm going to go with San Francisco on this one. You know what? I think that I'm going to agree with you that I think that San Francisco has, in a weird way, the most consistency going into this game because of the return of Jimmy G. They still have a lot of question marks in their running game, um, but I also, uh, Denver is having a hard time um, getting used to a new coach, getting used to a new quarterback. Um, And until they show a little bit more, I I think in a toss-up, I'm, I'm going to take my chances with San Francisco. Okay. Well, the coin is disagreeing with us to go with Denver. So, so far, the coin has been consistently opposite my pick. So we'll see how this all works out. <laughs> all um, right. So that brings us to pick number four for this week. Yeah. The Monday night game, Dallas versus the New York Giants. And the New York Giants are minus one in this matchup. So again, pretty much a, a toss up here. Questions uh, <laughs> with Dallas. Can Cooper Rush keep it going? Uh, can their defense, you know, uh, Michael Parsons keep get sacks like crazy? And for the Giants, can that rushing game keep going? Because they've been rushing really, really well, and their, their defense has been doing well too. And I think that defense for the Giants is going to be key. I just don't think Cooper Rush uh, is going to be able to keep it up against the Giants' defense. So I'm going to go with the Giants. Yeah, this to me, this is really a matchup of Saquon Barkley versus the Dallas defense and whether that running game keeps going. 
I got more out of Cooper than I thought I was going to see. Um, so I think I, I'm going to go against my instincts and I'm going to actually go with Dallas as well on that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, and the coin agrees with you. The coin's going with Dallas as well, but uh, I agree. It, it's a tough game to call. So we'll see. We'll see how this one comes up. All right. So that takes us to the main event. Uh, we've got the Thursday night game. Tell me your thoughts. The, the, Everybody's been listening to my thoughts all night. How? What do you think? <laughs> Look, the, the keys in this one are, are kind of obvious here. You know, for for Pittsburgh, it's the QB question. Uh, you know, is Mitch gonna gonna play well? Is he not gonna play well? They've been they've kind of struggling there. Uh, their defense. You know, can they stop Cleveland? Uh, you know, we've had a very effective offense uh, through our first couple of games. You know, it hasn't resulted in a win because of you know some situations last week, but but we've been consistently scoring as we've gone down the field. So I think that, that bodes well for us, and it gets a big question for Pittsburgh if they can figure out a way to stop us. You know, in Cleveland, you know, our question marks are you know our defense. Are we going to be able to recover from that game last week? I think we will. We normally bounce back pretty good when we we've had a meltdown like that. Um, you know, coaching, is our coaching going to step up a little bit? I think there's there's some room there for our head coach to step up. And our offense, can they keep producing like they have been? All those things factored in, I really going to have to go with Cleveland again, uh, minus the four and a half. Uh, I just think it's going to be too much for Pittsburgh to handle at this point. All right. Well, this is a tough one for me after being, you know, nervous from the experiences we saw this past week. I think this is going to be a close game. And while I believe Cleveland's going to win this game, I'm not sure that they're going to break the spread on this one. So I'm thinking Cleveland wins, but in terms of gambling against the spread, I am going to take Pittsburgh. I'm taking the points. All right. And the uh, coin agrees with you on this one. So I think actually pretty consistently the coin has picked opposite of me on every pick this week. So I'm going to definitely see how that works out. Well, that's very interesting because just looking at our combined records here going into week three, I've got you in the lead at five and seven. I've got the coin at four and eight. And then my awful performance won me the bottom rung at two and ten. Oh, that's pathetic. But <laughs> hopefully we all get have continue to have some fun and we see some good games. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hopefully next time or soon we get you off that Zoom and we actually get you back down here in the pub so you can hang out with us. Hey, thanks, Mark. I'm looking forward to it, and I've got every faith that you're going to do better than you did last week. <laughs> can't, get, can't do worse, right? <laughs> right. All right, Gary. Thanks a lot. You take it easy. All right, you too. Excellent. Well, thank you, Gary, once again for our picks. Hopefully you and I get better at this because we are pretty pathetic um, at picking against the spread. So I'm not going to lie. This is why I'm not a real gambler. Um, I, I am very, very bad at gambling and the spread. Um, uh, so if you're listening to our podcast, I hope you're listening to that, that actual segment is entertainment. Cause if you're betting for God's sake, do not bet on <laughs> my, my opinions on these games. It's not a good idea. You'd be better off going with the coin. Um, it's time for us to get ready to sign out here. Um, but before we do, there's one very important piece of business that's left to do, and that yep. is you've heard how I'm picking the game, but let's actually talk about our overall predictions for the game. Um, Chris, I'll let you go first. The floor is yours. How do you see this one working out? It's going to be uh, Cleveland Browns 28, Pittsburgh 14. We're going to put them away early, 
and uh, we might even rest some starters by the end of the fourth quarter. To, this is our game, period. Wow, you're you're ready for this one. Okay. All yep. right. I, You know what? I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. As you heard in my picks, I actually believe that this is going to be a Browns win, but I do not know that the Browns are going to cover that point spread. So I am actually going with the Browns winning this game 20 to 17. I will admit that that's being a little optimistic considering the offense coming out of Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh might not put up those kind of points. Um, but I'm going with, I'm going with the history. I'm going with the idea that there are very, very few big wins in the Pittsburgh Cleveland rivalry. A lot of times these are down to the wire. So I'm going with the 20 to 17 Browns. I think we come out of the game with a little bit more confidence in how our defense is playing, hopefully ironing out some of these things. But I think the biggest thing we come away with is another one of those run the ball right into their teeth. I trust in Nick Chubb. I trust in this running game. And, and I actually like what I'm seeing out of Jacoby Brissett of managing these games and keeping us in them. So I'm going with a Browns victory in week three. I'm, I like I like this trend. I like picking the Browns to win all the time. Um, I'm really hopeful that I don't ever have to change that that voice. Mm -hmm. yeah, so no. Let's keep this going. Let's move on from the Jets game. So as we start to finish out here, I just want to remind everybody that you can find the Cardiology Podcast. You're listening to me right now. So hopefully you're listening to it on your favorite bandwidth. But please, please tell your friends. Um, you can check out the Cardiology Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Amazon Music. We're available on Spotify. We are also available, if you don't like any of those, you can check us out at www.cardiologycle.com. Um, we have a player embedded on our website. Feel free to listen to it. And hey, there's, there's a spot for feedback on the webpage. I, we're always open for feedback. We'd love to hear that you're out there, that you're enjoying what we're doing. We're enjoying it. We're just enjoying uh, getting to understand the world of podcasting and also just getting a chance to talk about the Browns all the time. Also, too, if you are also a, a further social media person, um, we have our Instagram account. We have a Twitter account. We have a Facebook account. We have a TikTok account. I will own up to the fact that the TikTok account is completely driven by my 11-year-old. So she, <laughs> she is the one who understands what's supposed to happen. She understands her edits. She understands how to make it happen. And we strive to try to get you as much social media content as we can. We'll keep getting better and we'll keep having fun. Chris, did you have a good time this I week? I had a blast. Always. Are you kidding? When can I come back? Well, we're going to see you again, I think, oh, in gosh. two weeks, probably. Cool. Um, as, as our rotation goes. Before too long, I need to get all of you actually in town and in one place. I'm, I'm a little tired of Zoom. So I want you guys all in the bar. Well, oh, spread out and actually go through and have a good conversation about these games. It'll be fun to get everybody in together. Um, so... I want to thank you for joining us. And out there, I just want to say, hey, everybody, let's put this game aside. Yep. Let's make sure that we got all our Browns gear washed. Everything's ready. Get all your favorite snacks. Get all your favorite beers. Get all your favorite liquors. Make sure you've got everything you need. 
get your face painted up. This is a Browns Steelers rivalry game. Let's all be out there. Let's be happy. Let's get this win. So for Chris, for everybody else who helps out with the cardiology podcast, I want to say have a great week and enjoy the game and go Browns. Browns. <laughs>